Welcome to the Variety Hour, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mouth. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Listening to you talk that stuff. Talk Memphis, oh Welcome to Talk Money. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And good morning and welcome to Talk Money. Then I just want to remind you we're talking about uh, everything health insurance, stock bonds, retirement, estate planning, insurance. Talk Money is everything financial. Our guests bring their insights and perspectives about their topic of expertise. Remember, planning is not about the plan. It is about the results. Here's something for you to remember. Did you know that the S&P 500 was up 9% year-to-date? That's through 630 of this year, making it eight, the eighth consecutive month of gains. Wow. Just keeping that in mind. That's 14 of the last 16 months. Here's the thought. Here's The last time the S&P was up in each of the first six months of a calendar year was 1996. 21 years ago, a full year in 1996, of course, to produce 10 of 12 months. That's 1996. 10 of the 12 months were up, and that produced a 23% gain for that entire year. That's 21 years ago. And of course, uh, that's from BTN Research. And remember, past performance is not an indication of future performance. According to a recent study by the Social Security Administration, 31% of American workers surveyed have accumulated, here's the thought, no money for their retirement, either in a pre-tax basis or even on a post-tax basis. 31%. That was a shocking number. Today's program, let me tell you what we got going on for you. We're going to be talking with Landon Mills about Insurance 101. Who needs it? How much do you need? And here's the big question, what kind? Questions we all we get these questions all the time from you, our listeners. And today, Landon's got the answers. In the second half of the program, we have a special guest from the Neighborhood Christian Center. We have Effie Johnson and Kiki Hall. We're going to be talking about their financial literacy programs for youth and adults. You'll want to know more about what they're doing, not just handing out but helping up, and that's the Neighborhood Christian Center. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to The Voice right here on KWAM 990 FM 107.9. This is Talk Money. Stay with us, because we'll be right back after this. for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Are you aging? Well, I am. This is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and your future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wealth. What are your wishes? Please call us at 901-843-2760 or visit us at the Bailey Law 
thebaileylawfirm.com. Again, this is Mac Bailey from The Bailey Law Firm telling you that today is the youngest you will ever be. Let us help you with your estate planning, elder law, and probate needs. It's what we do. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Jim Shoemaker and Landon Mills are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securing Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. Talk Money is brought to you in part, this part of the program, the Bailey Law Firm, and that's estate planning, elder law, and probate planning for all generations. We want to thank the Bailey Law Firm for being our sponsor of this part of the program, and we appreciate what they do. Estate planning, elder law, and probate That's planning for all generations. Now, you ask us all the time questions that you say, how much insurance do I need? Who needs it? What kind do I need? Questions that we get. It's constant. And they're good questions. Questions that I think every young couple, whether you're 25 to 35 young kids or you're approaching that retirement age and you need to think about what you maybe should have done and need to do that well, my guest today is Landon Mills. He knows the answers. He is with Shoemaker Financial. One of our senior advisors does a wonderful job. And he's going to help us answer the questions, how much do I need? What kind do I need? And why? Well, what do I need to go through to get it? So welcome to the program, Landon. Thanks for having me. Landon, let me start with this thing. There's a, there's a statistic out that says that, that those who, with no life insurance, thinks it's three times more expensive than it actually is. What's happened there? Why do people have this fear that it costs more than they, than they think it's going to cost? Well, it's just a lot of times it's lack of education. They just don't know. They haven't done any research to, on their own to try to figure that out. And I get that question a lot. You know, uh, sometimes things just come down to cost. And if I'm going to do something, how much is this going to cost? How much am I going to have to shell out of my pocket? Uh, but a lot of times people don't realize that it can be very uh, inexpensive, or I, will, I would say it can be very economical uh, to purchase life insurance. A lot of it depends on the health of the individual. But I always tell people, if you are relatively healthy, the insurance can be, um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say cheap, but it can be very uh, inexpensive. Inexpensive. So what you're saying is before they make that presumptive thought process run through their yeah. minds, it's too expensive for me to own, find a professional and work through that process because there are ways of helping them to design the plan for them. Oh, I think I think the key there is education. You've got to – it never costs anything to have a conversation with somebody and just simply say, you know what, this is what I'm thinking about. Can you help me uh, walk through this process? That right there is probably the, the best thing you, you could at least start doing. Okay, all right. Let's start with this question then. Sure. Who needs it? That's the question we get a lot. Do I need insurance? On the surface, I would say everybody. Now, if you dig a little bit deeper, everybody has a very specific need, depending on what stage of life that you're in. Uh, But you could make an argument for just about anybody out there that needs it. Well, let's start with those married couples with no kids. Do they need insurance? They do. They do. I always tell people, when you're thinking about life insurance, you typically have to think about somebody other than yourself. All right? So let's think about life stages. When do you first have to think about somebody other than yourself? Marriage. All right. So if you're married with no children, what you've got to think about is if something unfortunate were to happen to you, what situation are we putting the other person in and what type of lifestyle do we want that person to have moving forward? 
the biggest uh, burdens that people uh, have uh, from an economic standpoint is do we have debt that we need to cover and do we have expenses that we have to pay for just to, you know, you know, daily living? All right. Now, I'm talking through this, you know, what we're dealing with, married with no kids. You talked sure. about debt, mortgage, credit cards, car loans, things like that, sure. that people need to identify those things continue when one of the spouses. Oh, sure. Sure. I mean, if you think about it, a lot of people don't really think about this, but yes, you buy a house. Okay, you've got a you've got a thirty year potentially thirty year debt that you've got to take care of. You have credit cards. We all have, use credit cards. I mean, it's a it's a pretty typical thing. You've got a car loan. There again, that can be stretched out over a number of years. So those are things that we you have to cover um, as life goes on. So those are the things that if you were to leave somebody, um, you know, having to cover that, you want to make sure there's enough money there to to support that. Okay, those are critical thoughts for that. That's married couples with no kids now. Obviously, when you said earlier, you actually mentioned the kids thing. Person has kids, marriage, and then sure. kids. What happens when you got kids? What well, I mean, that changes the game completely. Uh, I very rarely see anyone that has small children that doesn't have life insurance. That's an almost uh, you have to have it because you've got an individual there that has absolutely no way of taking care of themselves, uh, no way of paying bills, no way of going out and getting a job. So they are 100% dependent on you. So you do not want to leave them out in the cold. Yeah, but you know, you say that, and you say that automatic, matter-of-factly. I mean, like, sure. absolutely, they, they've got to have, well, the problem is, according to a statistic that Limerick so talked to us about, the reality is, almost one-third of people aren't buying life insurance, or more of it, because they don't like thinking about death. Sure. Nobody likes to think about those kind of things. I mean, who in the world likes to wake up in the morning and think about, well, what if I'm not here tomorrow? The reality is, you know, nothing is uh, nothing is promised tomorrow, and so you have to think about these things. But if you if you think about just the context of life insurance, it's to cover those things that we don't like to think about, or that you know that may happen one of these days. May happen. All right. So now we've got married with no kids, married with kids. Well, we got the single parent. There's a real need for the single uh, parent. That's uh, um, that can be a different animal. There again, it's one of those things that I see this a lot with single mothers. Um, there again, you're dealing with someone that uh, that 100 percent needs life insurance because they are taking care of someone that cannot take care of themselves. So you have to uh, you 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 want to kind of tiptoe around that a little bit. You want to be sensitive to the. Uh, to the situation, but at the same time, you need to stress that if they've got bills to pay, if they've got debts to cover, then it, it's 100% needed. All right. Now, we talk about the single parent. Most of the time, what we see here is a woman mm-hmm. is the single parent, and sure. I know one in three women believe they don't have enough life insurance, and despite the fact that you know women are moving up in the, in the workforce, many women feel that the financial information is too difficult to understand. Sure. I mean, that's a real problem. And generally, this is a true fact, they feel like that the information is geared towards men. Sure. So well, how do you deal with that? In today's world, women feel that they that everyday responsibilities keep them so busy that they don't address the real financial planning needs, and especially when they're talking about a single woman. Well, let's go back to... You know, how do you address that? I think the biggest thing when you're dealing with uh, with women is you want to get one to the root of the what's the real question? What are they really trying? What are the, what's their concern? And two, for me, I do the best when I can ask a lot of questions. Okay. When I can ask a lot of questions, get to the root problem, 
find out what it is they need, and then be able to explain, to convey your message in a way that they can understand. Understand is a very definitive word. I agree. I think that's the problem. Part of the problem is how we have a tendency when we're especially talking to the single mom, sure. how we describe that need to the single mom. Well, I, you know, it's human nature. A lot of times I will be explaining something to somebody and I think I have conveyed my message beautifully. Yeah. And then when you flip it around, they, you know, they're, they may be way over their head mm-hmm. and they really haven't. A lot of times what's unfortunate is people a lot of times will just completely check out, you know, mm-hmm. it's just over their head. I, you've lost me here. So, when you're dealing with someone, and let's just say they are a female, a lot of times you have to go back. It's it's that old adage, you tell them what you want to tell them, you explain to them what you told them, and then you go back and tell them again. Yeah. And you, if you cover those bases and then come back and say, hey, did I explain myself clearly? A lot well, of times that's that, really the question. And you really want to get the feedback that you sense that they are hearing what you're talking mm-hmm. about. It is about that explanation and how you go through it. Now, how much do they need? That's the question that a lot of people are now saying, all right, I know I need it. You've kind of conveyed that sure. to us. But how much do I need? So there's two questions that I know you ask. And so share those two questions with us. Well, when, you, when you're talking about how much do you need, that can be a relative uh, uh, question. But you want to, how much debt do you have that we need to cover? From day one, and then what are your what we call financial obligations, which is basically how much does it take to live on a daily basis? Mortgage, utilities, groceries, entertainment, you know, daycare, health care, whatever, whatever. What is that in a monthly sum? Three thousand dollars, five thousand dollars, you know, what have you? All right, let's extrapolate that over a lifetime. That's how you start going about the process of finding out. So we're talking about standard of living. 100% 100% standard of living. And everybody has a different standard of living. I got it. And that's what we need to make sure people understand. When you're talking about expenses and all those things, that's their standard. What is their standard of living? What do they? What do you want them to have? Right? Sure, that's, sure. What, what do they want to have? Excuse me. I should have said it that way. That's a great point. So um, so the questions and, and all of this kind of the thought process here, you put this financial obligations, you know, minus what resources they may already have, if they yep. have group insurance or other things like yep. that. Then it ends up whatever this is minus this is usually the amount of life insurance they need. That that is it. Okay, well, that's a great point. If you just tune in, I'm talking about insurance 101. Uh, my guest is Landon Mills. You're listening to Talk Money. We're going to be back in just a minute. We're going to get more into this. We're going to find out a little bit about the type, the different types of insurance you need: term life insurance, permanent life insurance. Four in ten insured husbands and wives only have group life insurance. Well, is that the kind you need? Do you need to have term? Do you need to have permanent? Do you need to have your own personal plan? Hey, stay with us, because Landon's going to give us the answer to that question when we come back. You're listening to Talk Money, FM 107.9 and AM 990, The Voice. Talk radio for the Mid-South. sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. 
You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time. It is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results, research, investment advice, or a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, we've been talking with Landon Mills about Insurance 101. It's a question that we get a lot of times for us to answer here on the air. It's questions like, who needs it? How much do I need? What are the different types that I need? You know, one of the things we kind of want to help everybody understand, it is a product that you got to look at. 85% of the consumers agree that most people need life insurance, but yet only 62% say they have it. I mean, it's obviously, we say we need it, we we want it. Everyone says, hey, I know my next-door neighbor's got it, so I need it. Most people want to know what type of life insurance should they have, and uh, that's the problem. So these statistics come from, of course, life insurance statistics, and this comes right out of a, a quote company that we use, and they provided us with these statistics. So, Atlanta, before the break, I talked about the fact that four in ten insured husbands and wives, families, couples, have only group life insurance. Now, you think about that. That is a great product. I mean, phenomenal product. But when you're looking at 40% of the people that have their life insurance that they say they've got it, they end up having only life insurance that is from their group employer. If they leave that group employer, they may not be able to take it. And so what type of you know, insurance do they need? And that's the question that I want you to help us with today. Well, I want to first say that I think group uh, group life insurance is a great thing. I always tell people to sign up for it. A lot of times it's free. Right. So that's a good place to start. The second question becomes, all right, do I need more and what type do I need? So, and I think the, the more question is, is a great question. A lot of times they do need more, but it really comes down to two types. You've got term life insurance, uh, pretty common. A lot of people know that about that one the most. And then you've got permanent life insurance. Real quick uh, definition, term goes for a period of time, permanent goes for your whole life. Uh, term is typically the most uh, common, it's probably the most economical way to go. Um, it protects for a very specific time period, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, um, and it, it really is going to only pay for the benefit if you pass in that time frame. So in other words, if it's 10-year term, people mm-hmm. need to understand you need to die mm-hmm. to get the benefit in that 10-year period. And that stem goes right back to what we were talking about, how people don't like to talk about death. Yeah. Well, technically, yes, you have to die in that time frame for the benefit to pay out. If you don't die in that 10 years, great, you've you've won, I guess, but nothing gets paid out. Okay. All right. So now let me ask you this. Do we talk, I mean, would you talk about convertible term, people that can buy term and eventually convert it to permanent? And and I get that question a lot um, because that that word gets kind of thrown around. And the first question is, what does that mean? Well, what that means is in a, let's go back to the 10-year term. In that 10 years, you may have a span of time there that you can take that term, whatever the death benefit amount is, let's say it's 150000 and you can convert that to now a permanent policy where that, that same death benefit will go for as long as you do. For more permanent relationship. Well, I mean, if something, you... Something if it's a life to 100. If you pass to 90, I mean, if you pass at 90, it'll pay out at 90. Okay. Now, let's talk about permanent insurance. You're talking about yes. moving from term and you convert that to permanent. Let's Correct. go through those basics there. So permanent is, there again, it is a permanent life policy. Uh, actuarial dates will go out to age 120. Okay. So if you pass at age 120, That's there right. you go. All right. Um. Now, that is 
typically with permanent life insurance, that is a guarantee. It, it, it will guarantee a payout at some point in time as long as you're paying the premiums. Got it. So we want to continue to pay those premiums. Um, the good thing about permanent life insurance is it is, I like to call it flexible. Mm. It can be done, used for so many things. And this is the part that a lot of times people get confused on is term life insurance. You pay your premium. It pays out a death benefit. That's it. And it's a guaranteed benefit. That is. It's, it's a guaranteed benefit. Okay. But with permanent life insurance, there's a lot of times different things you can do with it. You can create it to increase a death benefit. You can create it to decrease a death benefit. You can pay a higher premium, a lower premium. It It is extremely flexible. I like using it a lot. I think it's used best in certain situations. But for the most part, I think a a good combination to have might be to have some term and some permanent. And keeping in mind that the primary reason to purchase life insurance, of course, is to for the death benefit. Sure. And some people might create a savings account with it or a retirement plan with it or educational plan. But the primary reason always needs to maintain the fact that it is for the death benefit. Yeah. And, of course, if you have any policy loans or withdrawals, it may you got to take into consideration sure. some of the va- adverse tax consequences that may occur. Well, and that goes back to the first part of our show when we were talking about education. If you can get yourself educated on the types, the amounts, what you need, I promise you, you'll walk away from that conversation being better informed and being able to make a better decision when it comes to life insurance. Well, you know, that's the, that's the best part you've said so far, helping someone better knowledge, better understanding. If you'd like to talk to Landon, let me give you the telephone number to call him, 901-757-5757. That's Landon Mills. He's one of our advisors at the office, does a great job walking through those questions, those tough questions, Insurance 101. Who needs it? How much do I need and what type do I need? And boy, I tell you, Landon, great program. And I appreciate the fact that you had some statistics with it this morning. And it really does kind of wake up our thought process when about one third of the people aren't buying life insurance or more of it because they don't like talking about death. I sure. get that. Uh, everybody. <laughs> I get same that. way. Same way. Yeah, it's one of those things, you know. So appreciate you being on the program. Thanks Coming up me. in just a moment, we're going to be talking with two people that you just, I mean, you do you want to meet these people. They have an impact on our city. We're talking about the Neighborhood Christian Center. We have Effie Johnson and Kiki Hall in the studio. We're going to be talking about what they're doing with their people about financial literacy. It's teaching people how to manage money. They're having a great impact in our city. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Talk Money, KM 990, FM 107.9, The Voice. Talk radio for the Mid-South. Listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Life insurance products contain fees, such as mortality and expense charges, and may contain restrictions, such as surrender periods. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. When Dr. Lemuel Diggs began his medical career at UT Memphis, the city had the highest maternal death rate in the country. When Dr. Diggs investigated the matter, he discovered that in most cases, the patients had bled to death. To stop this tragedy from continuing, he proposed the creation of a blood bank. He believed having refrigerated blood in maternity hospitals would save the lives of countless mothers, and he was right. 
Despite the clear need for such a project, the university did not have the funding for it. When Diggs appealed to the city, responsibility for the project was referred back to the university. The local community rallied around Diggs and provided him the equipment to open a blood bank in 1938. It was the first in Memphis and the South, and the fourth in the country. This blood bank rapidly became a leader in the processing of plasma, and techniques perfected there dramatically improved the efficiency of hospital procedures, saving countless lives. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Some of the insurance facts stated are from the 2015 Life Insurance Awareness Month fact sheet, produced by Limra. And now, back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money. My guest in the studio is Effie Hall, President and CEO, and Kiki Hall, Director of did I say that right? I did. Yes, my sister. Kiki Hall and Believe it or not. We do joke around that we're twins. You know, it's written, guys, bigger than Dallas. You know, I got Effie Johnson, president and CEO of the Neighborhood Christian Center, and Kiki Hall, director of marketing in the studio. And I only read what they hand me, guys. You know, that's the bottom I feel like line. I'm in a Miss Universe moment right now. <laughs> All right. Well, we're pleased to have you guys in the studios because what we're talking about is the reality around financial literacy. Now, I I want to start, and and Effie, I'll start with you, just the reality of the history. I think our listening audience needs to get the history of the Neighborhood Christian Center. And and start, I guess, go back to to the, the very genesis of it. And break us all the way up to this, and you got 30 seconds. Right. In 30 seconds, I can say my parents um, started their lives in obscurity and in um, challenging times, um, both um, uh, living, coming from Mississippi, and um, both have had to learn about life um, through those types of obstacles uh, that poor, uh, being poor brings. And um, through time, they uh, both matriculated through college. My father went to the Army. They, all, they both ended up in Memphis, Tennessee over time and uh, eventually met each other. Uh, that's a whole nother um, segment. And um, when they married, um, they both began to just continually um, seek out how to serve other people that were like them. Let's and put where some they came names, from. As names on them. Uh, my mother, Monroe, Monroe and, and Joanne Ballard. Yeah. Yes, yes. Great so people. They, were, uh, they are great people. My father passed on about nine years ago now. My mother still is doing wonderful things in the city and, um, coaching me and my um, family members and a lot of other people in the city along. Um, but they both loved and have had a heart for the community. And so they identified people that were like where they came from and brought them into our home. They raised over 75 kids in our house. Um, financial literacy was a part of our lifestyle. Um, kids had to work, had to save their money, um, and then they would send them off to school. And so this was important to us. You know, one of the things when I first met your mom, I, I think, and this has been years ago, this has been... I know she started the Neighborhood Christian Center, I believe, in 1978. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, when when I first met her, I, I've, I think when she was, we were talking about something, and and she said, well, we have a few foster children. Yes, sir. And, and I, you know, few foster children. <laughs> I thought two, three. And uh, I think at the time, she, at that particular moment, there was probably 35, maybe, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. yeah and it was, I mean, it was, and I went... I thought I misunderstood her, but this is a lady that has poured her life yes. into teaching 
young people, youth, and adults how to... I, I like what you say in the whole thought process of your mission statement, but in, in the essence of it, not just a handout. It is basically the NCC wants to give people a hand up. That's right. An uplifting hand is what I've always seen them offer. And uh, my mom does have a, a, a wonderful ability to connect with those that are in need. Um, she's very intuitive, uh, very discerning, very wise. And so um, she and my father together started this work, but my father taught school. And so he had a heart. Toward that, and he also had to earn a living so that she can begin to do this work in the community, uh, which is a part of financial literacy itself. One of them had to do the parts they needed to do to save and earn the dollars so that they could give back to the community. What, how many? How many? Actually, I know you guys have done a tremendous job of growth, and over that forty-year period, sure. how many locations do you have here in the? Uh, we currently have six. We are working on um, one or two more in the next couple of years, and we're very excited about that. But we're throughout the city now. This program today, we're going to focus on the financial literacy. Yes. But give us just a little bit about what are the program services and ministries that you actually offer. Well, our programs and services encompass five areas of, um, of um, empowerment, starting with early childhood um, programs for our um, parents, teaching them to be our their parents' um, first teacher. And then we move from there to our youth, children and youth programs. And then um, from there, we have our adult services and empowerment programs that conclude with a social enterprise entity where we can help people move to job um, jobs, intermediate jobs, and then on to career. Okay. Now, just I know this is a moving target, so you <laughs> can true. give me a number, and I'm not going to hold you exactly to the number. Okay. But how many people do you think the Neighborhood Christian Center Day is serving today? Uh, we're, right now, we're serving fifty to 55,000 people, I would say, uh, a year. A year. Um, with We have ramped up a lot of our community engagement services uh, this year alone, and Kiki can share a little bit more about that. But we are serving thousands of people um, because of the areas of uh, food insecurity uh, that we're dealing with, as well as just emergency and crisis um, needs that a lot of the clients that we serve before they move into our empowerment programs. Well, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker, your host, my guest, President and CEO of the Neighborhood Christian Center, Effie Johnson, and Kiki Hall, the Director of Marketing. We're talking about their emphasis on financial literacy today, but we're finding out this is a 40-year organization. They serve 50, have served 55,000 people on a yearly basis. Kiki, talk about for me now. And again, thank you for coming with to be on the program with me today. But tell us the mission right now of the NCC. The mission of NCC is to guide those in need towards stability and sustainability through our Christ-centered compassionate services and empowerment programs. And basically uh, what we're trying to do is we're trying to help those that are, you know, have an initial need, whether it's food, clothing, assistance with utilities, whatever that might be. But then once we kind of get them over that um, urgent uh, urgency, we try to put them into one of our empowerment programs so that they can be sustainable and stable uh, in the future. All right. I was going to ask you the question, why empower? And you just said it's sustainable. And sustainable. And, and that's critical. And stable. Power and stable, you know, to help them for the future. So it's not just, and you know, that is so important because when you when we talk about this, you think about it, it's so easy to be a handout type ministry. Absolutely. And again, I have no issues with that. There are times, as you guys know, yeah. we need to be willing to make a handout. People are in need. Don't say, well, come back and do, you know, 10 laps around the track, and then I'll give you something. No, I'll take care of you now, but come back and let me help you. And sustainability is so critical, and I love the word empowerment. Effie, from that standpoint, when you when you think through that, why financial literacy? 
Well, um, I became more aware of the need for financial literacy about five years ago. I was a school teacher um, way before that. And um, as I was doing some, had a conversation with someone in the school system, uh, at that time, over 80% of those households who had school-aged children, um, children, their families did not have a checking account. So I quickly learned that uh, a lot of the people that we were serving, especially in a poor community, use um, and distrust um, the formal um, banking system. So you find a lot of people having to hide money uh, under mattresses, literally, um, in cookie jars or freezers or whatever is the mode of um, safety for them or savings for them. And so we began to see that this was something that we could not allow to perpetuate amongst the children we were serving. And so financial literacy became a, a really important thing for us to, to um, demonstrate and share with our moms as well as their children um, because they were the primary caretakers of their, of their family. And so I believe that we're helping to move the needle uh, with families that have had a uh, misunderstanding or a, a lack of understanding about what um, the financial institution, the bank, could do for them and how they can um, go beyond that and really benefit from the things that are happening in the bank. I have to say this, too. You have a lot of families that um, their children don't even have credit by the time they are grown because parents are using their children's Social Security number to uh, open up bank account. I mean, open up um, furniture accounts and different things like this, uh, these pay, these payday loan places and all that. So if their credit's bad, then, then they're ruining their children's credit. So you have so much that is harmed those that we serve, our neighbors in need, um, with them trusting and being interested with utilizing the bank services. You know, that's a that's a cycle, isn't it? It is. And that's something very difficult to break. But you have a couple of programs. You we have do. three programs. I want you to walk us through all three of those. And uh, sure. I am extremely impressed with what you're doing. And I know you're, you're thinking about a third program. Am I right? Three programs? Or is it two programs in your you're, well, we've, added, third we've added the third. Okay. Um, we've had two already in place, and okay. our financial literacy programs for uh, middle school and, and um, high schoolers has been in place for a couple of years. And okay. those are partners partners with um, local banks here in the city um, that help us with um, four or five constructs um, that include um, understanding um, what dignity is in their uh, in being a um, a a person in banking or working or, or using a bank, um, basics of budgeting. Um, smart banking and fundamentals of credit, and then what savings and investment mean. So those are the constructs we use for middle-aged students, uh, middle school students, and high school students. With the high school students, we draw them in also with local, I call them celebrities like David Lenore and people like you uh, <laughs> that come in. Um, uh, our awesome, you know, board chair Scott Scott. Um, Stafford that uh, has come in and spoken to our children in session-based learning about what it means beyond just the checking account. So we've been very proud of those uh, initiatives that have happened every summer uh, in concentrated times of five sessions or more. Um, Our newest program that you uh, reference is our faith and finance course, which we have an actual certified uh, staff member that's gone through that course and is now teaching that to our, our first set of kids uh, in uh, first set of adults in our women's programs. Now let's talk about that. This is faith and finances. You call it the women empowered. Em- yes, so well, go ahead. Yeah, women, women empowered to succeed. Succeed. <laughs> I want West is what I was going to call it. Yes, sir. But I, I didn't want to call <laughs> it West because nobody's going to know what I'm talking <laughs> like, what's about. What's that? <laughs> so whoa. So Kiki, when you when you sit down with these people and you're looking at them and you're saying, okay, this is women empowered to serve. 
This, walk me through a little bit of that. Just kind of help me understand. I mean, this is about relationship. This is about habit. This is about fundamentals that, honestly, I would say a lot of our listening audience would say, well, I knew how to do that. But you're talking about really walking people through. And I like the fact that it's got some things to it. We'll talk about that in a minute. I just kind of hang out and talk about that. It's there's some exciting things coming, and that's what I'm excited. But tell us about Wes. Well, obviously, with the neighbors that we serve, um, a lot of them don't have the same sort of background with money and, and checking accounts and banking accounts and savings. And, and their attitudes towards money is very different than um, those that are not in poverty. And so first and foremost, you have to sit down and really talk about, like, what is your relationship with not only your family, but what's your relationship with money? How do you, how do you handle it? What is your goals? And I love one of the beautiful things with the women empowered to succeed faith and finance course is that they actually sit down and put together what they call a vision board right at the beginning. And they get to cut out pictures of kind of how they envision their life, dream a little, have goals. And they, they set goals based on sort of what this, this vision is that they have for their life, which a lot of them didn't realize that they could have a vision other than what they've already been doing for um, in their life and what their parents, how their parents lived and how their grandparents lived. So it gives them uh, a, a wonderful opportunity to open their mind up and have dreams and have goals. And then from there, we talk about, well, okay, well, how do you get there? What do you do? Uh, once you start earning money, how should you allocate that to your different things? You should allocate some to, to savings. You should allocate some for your daily living. You should all, allocate some to you know tithing. Um, and, and then you want to have a little extra over here because you're wanting to get that new pair of shoes. And um, Linda, who's the, our director who couldn't be here today, talks about giving them a, a jug and basically saying, okay, so you want to buy this new pair of shoes or you need to um, get those books for your child. How are you going to save for that? Oh, well, maybe one, one day a week you don't go to McDonald's and get that hamburger and Happy mm-hmm. Meal. You know, instead you cook something at home. And, and, okay, so put that money into this. So they start seeing how they can put save those just little things here and there and how they can save money towards whatever that goal is and whatever that vision is. You know, I've taught finances for 40-some-odd years, 45 years, actually, and, and uh, first introduced to your mom through some of the things we were doing and together. And the reality was I've taught people to put it in envelopes if they couldn't handle a checking account. And, sure. you know, this is a real, you know, we say it, we're talking about it because we're talking about the Neighborhood Christian Center. The reality is handling money doesn't just come naturally to a lot of people. No. Uh, and spending comes natural. Yes. <laughs> it seems My husband to- would agree with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. And I think it, there is some instructions on how to walk through that process. And I appreciate Linda being the one that's doing that and developing that. Now, now, Effie, I'm, I'm interested in because we're talking about women empowered to serve. But I want to talk about, and I got just a couple of minutes here, about the the tea room. Yes. Can you tell us about that? So my cup of tea is our social enterprise, which is a separate entity, yet um, a partner to our um, house ministry in Orange Mound. So Neighborhood Christian Centers um, has the opportunity to train women through these this faith and finance program, through our Women Power to Succeed program. And then those that graduate from there are then introduced to our counterpart, My Cup of Tea. The, the name of it is literally <laughs> My Cup, Cup of, of Tea. tea. Yes, yes. <laughs> where um, they get to work there and earn a living or earn, earn um, dollars for their families. Uh, and uh, provide an excellent product at the same time. And so um, when you buy that tea, you help a woman um, keep a job. And so now you've got, you you found a house, you had some sponsors to yes. come in and renovated the house. Yes. Tell us about we that. We have awesome partners with um, 
uh, Rick and Carrie Moore that um, just have been wonderful to um, this organization uh, have partnered with us to help us to house a neighborhood Christian center at the house. Um, and then down the street, we have the My Cup of Tea house. And um, they've been very gracious to help us to um, make that happen. And, and they're everyday like paid staff. So it's just amazing partnership. Well, now you, what you did, you, you took a couple. They had a vision. Yes. They caught your vision. Yes. My Cup of Tea was what we were going to do. To You've got graduates coming through the program. Yes. They said, okay, now what's next? You could have just forgot it. Right. But that wouldn't That's have done right. anything. They needed to imply, you know, apply what they had That's learned. Right. That's right. So what they did, they literally took a house, a renov- took an old, oh, yes. old rundown, rundown house, house mm-hmm. renovated it, yes. and put this enterprise, yes. my cup of tea, right. in that house. And what's so amazing is that when you have people that are committed like the Moors, um, this makes a big difference for people in our community. Well, that's the key. You really stepped in. They People were helping them, and yes. uh, at the same time, you were empowering yeah. people to serve. I love it. I think it's great. If you're listening in, you're just t- we're talking with Effie Johnson and Kiki Hall from the Neighborhood Christian Center. We're going to come back, and when you find out, you're going to find out a little bit more about how maybe you can be involved, because if you're going to do it for women, guys, let's be equal here. We're going to do it for some guys. So we're going to talk about what they've got in mind for them. Stay tuned. You're listening to KWAM 990 FM 107.9, The Voice of Memphis. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax and or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax and or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax and or legal situation. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Are you aging? Well, I am. This is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and your future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wealth. What are your wishes. Please call us at 901-843-2760 or visit us at thebaileylawfirm.com. Again, this is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm telling you that today is the youngest you will ever be. Let us help you with your estate planning, elder law, and probate needs. It's what we do. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Shoemaker Financial and Securing Financial Services are not affiliated with Effie Johnson, Kiki Hall, or Neighborhood Christian Center. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. I am uh, talking with two lovely ladies from the Neighborhood Christian Center, Effie Johnson, president and CEO, and the daughter of a dear friend of mine. Uh, And and again, you just have to go back to Joanne Ballard and her vision and Monroe, her husband of the Neighborhood Christian Center. And the beautiful part is her legacy is her daughter and some other family members are involved in the uh, Neighborhood Christian Center. Yes, my brother is now acting vice president or CEO, COO. And my sister, Linda, uh, works with us at our house program. So. Your mom's got to be proud. I believe she is. Well, I'm going to call her and ask her. Oh, please do. <laughs> and she doesn't throw that proud stuff around too much. She doesn't want us to get cocky. That's right. <laughs> she's already been on the phone with Effie this morning. I, have a, I guarantee she's listening right now. So. And Kiki Hall, of course, is the director of marketing. And uh, before, before we took the break, we talked about Wes, the Women Empowered to Serve program, which is uh, – did I say it right? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Women empowered to succeed. Succeed. <laughs> succeed. But so you know what? As Effie Hall would say. I, 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 actually, though, I will say, though, a component of all of our programs is 
for people to also start, to, you know, serve your community. You know, so I get so it's all part of it. So it's all good. Mr. Yeah, and, you no know, problem. the bottom line is, I need to just you know figure out how to do this program. About it. <laughs> no. You're doing great. I think you're doing fine. That's yes, what they so. call live radio. Six years later, I think you're doing well. <laughs> all right, women empowered to succeed. Yes. yes. I got it. Yes. Okay. Wes. We need to like another it. S. I have I did, that's right. Succeed yeah, answer. Succeed answer. <laughs> you know, I knew there was a reason for the program today. But this is the the thing where you've taken them through this financial literacy. And who are your partners when you're teaching this? This is critical. You know, Evolve Bank and First Tennessee um, Bank are our partners this summer for our financial literacy uh, training. So we're very proud of them. And they've actually been partners for a few years now. Um, with Evolve Bank, for That's sure. Evolve has been doing our high school um, financial literacy during the summer, and this year we were really glad that First Tennessee Bank came on board and they taught our uh, middle school kids their financial literacy Way program. to go. That's mm-hmm. that's great yep. for them. That's reaching out to the community and really doing the service that they need to do. Now, as I talked before the break, yes. there we're you're doing something for the ladies, but you have a vision for the men. We have a vision for the men. Um, over the past, I guess, eight years, we've served um, men in um, communities of need um, through our basketball ministry. Uh, and this was a way to attract them. Uh, men are different uh, approach. Um, you have, they are not typically in the home with the children, that, um, not all of them. And then um, they are having to find work or whatever. And so uh, it's very challenging, and, and there's pride there. You know, people when, want to we want to treat them with dignity, and so we've had to find creative ways to attract men, so that we can begin to talk about these issues of being a good father, being a provider, paying your child support, getting your tics, tickets paid, or whatever it is. Or if you're not having those issues, just um, your first generation parent, and how do you do that? And so our legacy program um, is um, designed to meet the needs of of, of the male. Um, participant and begin to design opportunities for them to have not just um, the things I've mentioned, but financial literacy is a part of that. So they go would they would go through the financial literacy program, graduate, and now you're saying, okay, if the ladies have a house, a cup of tea is yeah. something where they can go. Yes, into- we are, I, you know we've talked about this. We want a social enterprise for the men, which our goal is to have a. A tea shop. I'm sorry, a t-shirt company. I'm glad I'm my not cup the of, only person. My cup of tea shop. <laughs> T-shirts. <laughs> so anyway, we'll have a t-shirt shop and um, print company. But we're needing a partner like we well, have with this other group. And so uh, our goal is to really get that started this year. We already have uh, one of the t-shirt machines, and we really believe it can happen. So uh, this would be wonderful for the men. Well, again, now, we want to make sure Neighborhood Christian Center, this is an organization that doesn't just do a handout. They have a long legacy of making sure they also do a hand up. Yes, sir. And that is so critical. You're serving 55,000 people annually in the city of Memphis. You're teaching people financial literacy. We want to thank Evolve Bank and Trust and First Tennessee as partners with you guys. Yes. It's critical because you're saying just teaching them to keep the money out of the mattress, yes. you know, learning to trust the bank, learning to trust the use of money and how to use it. And not right. going to these quick cash advance places right. that are charging them, you know, ridiculous the rates and they're, you know, losing half of the money that they're, they are earning. And I have so. to say that out of 55,000 um, people that we serve significantly, um, for sure, there are going to be a lot more distribution. There's a lot more to the distribution side. About 3,000 or so of those clients or neighbors are those that are in our empowerment programs. And that's important to say because it takes 
five to seven years for you to move a person that's not just physically impoverished, but in their mindset to shift to wanting to do differently and be different. And so I think it's important that people understand it's not just hand out, but these are people that are having to walk and change, and we have to walk alongside them for years. And it's years. making a commitment to a do commitment. that. If you want to know more about the Neighborhood Christian Center, I, I want to introduce you to these people. I want you to give them a call and just make sure that you can do that. 901-881-6013. If you want to talk to Kiki, just give her a call and simply say, I would like to go through and take a tour, Kiki. Yes, can you do that? that? We would love that. And um, the more folks that really the best way to tell our story and so that people really understand what we're doing every day uh, in these communities is to come in for a tour and uh, we'll and we'll show you. And we would love to show you some of our sites. Well, that's exactly. Ladies, thank you so much for being thank a part you. of the program exactly. today. Thank you. You know, the key is it's more than a handout. The Neighborhood Christian Center wants to give a hand up. That's why they take the energy and the effort to not just do something quickly, but to take the time to walk people through in a process. Ladies, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Just thank to you. let you know, as my producer and board operator, Gil Worth, always does a wonderful job for you. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner, production assistant, Eleanor Moscovich, compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong, Mid-South History Moment, was read by Rebecca Brazier and Drew Johnson wrote that particular program. We want to thank him. Of course, Landon Mills was on the program at the first half of the hour, did a great job about insurance 101, and then Effie Johnson and Kiki Hall about the Neighborhood Christian Center. It's not just a handout. It is a hand up. Thank you for being a part of today's program. We're here every week helping you make the most of your money. Jim Shoemaker and Landon Mills are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securing Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.